Episode 66, Your Harlow. Introducing Michael Casey on the BTS Creative Academy podcast, Uncut. With me, your host, Martin Colton. I've got a little tradition that's, that's built up with these, that I like to start all these podcasts, it's quite simple, with a clap, a little intro, a clap. <laughs> it started because I, I don't have a clapperboard. Right. Um, and I link the sound and the audio together in the editing, and it helps if I've just got that, <laughs> that beat. Yeah. But everyone seems to enjoy doing it, so if you don't mind joining me, um, after three, we'll start with a clap. Yeah? yeah, here we go. One, two, three. Nice. Yeah. No <laughs> take you. two. <laughs> no take two. There we go. We did it perfect on one go. So how have you been, Michael? Yeah, um, very well, thank you. I think when everybody says, how you been, I just launch start talk, talking about news. You know? yes. I don't start to say, you know, my park run's not very good or, <laughs> or, or whatever or, or family. I and you're always aware that you immediately, mm-hmm. because I guess I'm always immediately in Harlow, everybody talks to me about news. Yes, you're the... the, you're the you're the local journalist for the town, aren't you? Only journalist left yeah, in the, the village, o- as yes, they say. Yes, you're the, yeah. the last one standing. Well, yes, and when I, I'm 62, and when I was 62 years ago, I wrote a quick piece on the site to say, um, I'm happy doing what I do, uh, you know, touch wood, et cetera, have my health, and et cetera, I enjoy it. But if a town of 100,000 people, and, you know, I produced last year 4,300 stories on your Harlow. We had nearly 6 million pages. But if a town of nearly 100,000 people has one journalist left, mm-hmm. you know, then that's a worry to me because, or it's not a worry to me, <laughs> but in some ways, but um, because even though I do a hell of a lot, and I don't think I'm too bad at it, um, there's a lot of stuff I probably miss. Right, and yes, I can't yeah. follow up, and mm-hmm. and I can't sit and look at that document like when you worked as a team. Um, so it is very much one journalist in parts of a hundred thousand people, but there is there is a gap there. So I'm almost starting with what I can't do, you mm-hmm. know. And when it comes to local news, uh, that's repeated around the country, you know. And, and um, you know the you know it was five years ago that the Harlow Star went. And that's the paper, you know, Harlow began the century with three printed newspapers. Uh, the last knockings of the citizen that had started in March 1953, the Harlow Herald went in 2010, and the Star went in 2019. And at one stage, there were three flourishing cha- newsrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have gone, and the industry has declined in that way. You know, Reach, who owned the Harlow Star, had made something like 800 journalists redundant last year. Um, and some, the Thurrock Gazette, where I, the last printed paper I worked on in, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago, they had seven news items, seven, you know, and they were just generic press releases. Mm-hmm. And, but that's the, you know, that's their problem. And I often say, that's their problem. I can't solve their problems. Um, and you talk about creative, this is creative. Uh, I often compare myself to, you ask one question, I'll go on for an hour here. Uh, <laughs> that's but, okay, you um, carry on. No, it's interesting. Um, I have to compare myself to the music artist I liked in the 70s and 80s. I'm a big music fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed artists who left the major, after, left major labels, set up the recording studios in their house, set up their recording, their company, dealt directly with the distributor, 
And they used to say, well, they'll never make a million, but their product is their own. Mm-hmm. And that's an argument or a story I followed for years. I remember Prince talking about that, you know, when he was calling himself the artist formerly known as Prince and, and George Michael about owning your product, etc. Mm-hmm. So there's a little of what I do is a bit like that. Yes, and I also see you as a... I, I, I read a lot of what you what you put out there, uh, living locally, yeah. um, and I see what you do as, as, a, as a kind of formal storytelling it's yeah. you know you've got you've got some facts and figures mm. that you've got to stick to uh, but you are the, with what you put together it is very it's engaging well thank you thank you it is because in many ways i'm the kid who left harlow in 19 st mark's school got my a levels eventually mm-hmm. um, and went to study history at university and uh, did you know at that point that that, that you was going to be a journalist no. was that the no so what no. was happen, what was happening in your life at that point when you was at school um, i was it's difficult because I always, I'm a plodder. I'm dog, dogged is the word. I often use that words. When I used to run for Harlow Athletics Club, I was a kid at, in the 70s. I was the kid at the back of the middle distance group. Mm-hmm. It was a good middle distance group, but I was still the kid at the back. And people used to describe, you know, people would be described runners as elegant, stylish, etc. Dogged. <laughs> you know? And you'd go, why? And, and then when I was in, doing my A-levels and doing A-level English, and there was this bank of girls in the upper six in St. Mark's, and we were doing things like Paradise Lost and Chaucer, Oh, and I just had this look, and I, I was at the back of the A-level English class, being dogged. Nobody mm-hmm. ever said, here's another great A-grade essay by Michael. <laughs> no. You know, so, and then many decades later, in your journalism, mm-hmm. uh, if somebody calls you, calls me dogged, and they do, amongst other things, you think, thank you very much. You know? <laughs> it's a compliment. Uh, yes, and I guess that's life, isn't it? That yes. what, what is it? What core skills... You know, and it's almost say to people, what are the core skills you're learning? Mm-hmm. You may not go, you don't, I do, you don't turn around and, you know, self-evaluate at the age of 17 or even 27 or 30 or whatever. But you say, oh, that's, so that's what I am. Yes. That's what yeah. I am. I'm dogged, mm-hmm. you know, and um, you may not win any awards for dogged, but that's, uh, hey, there I am. <laughs> no, but you've, you've found a way to channel what you're, I'm going to be almost like spiritual here, what you're kind of, what you, who you are. You've found who you are and what you do. Mm. And you've 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 turned that into your career. Yeah, and I, I often again um, when your Harlow was ten years old on July the first last year, I said to let's put it in perspective. You know, again that history thing. You know, they're going to university to study history, and I said mm-hmm. if a 50, 100, 150 years time, if somebody wants to find out a little bit about Harlow between even if I closed that day between two thousand thirteen and two thousand twenty three, I'd like to think the thirty two thousand stories. Mm-hmm are of some value. I yes. make no bolder claim than that. I'm not going to do about shining a light on history and life. And There we are, folks. And in many ways, the same way as, if, like I do, if there's a story from 1992 or 93, I'll pop down to the museum, open up the Harlow Star, or if further back the Harlow Citizen, ah, yeah, that's that. And, you know, it's important mm. to have that as well. Yes, yeah. uh, the only qualification to that is my, I always say to my wife, Put me on a clock for 59 minutes. Ring me because I get <laughs> lost down some rabbit hole of news, um, which I do every time. And it's like, what am I here for again? <laughs> oh, yeah, the boxer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> whereas I've gone down some other story. But it's, it's, it is almost like the, what's the term? Uh, ma- there was a mass observation index that was mm-hmm. in, in the 20th century. And it's just, that's what it is. Um, saying, this this is what happened. Like yesterday's news, this is what happened in Harlow on on January the 18th, January the 18th, 2024. Mm-hmm. There it is, you know, and uh, and it's important. In a world that people talk about fake news or fake history, etc., saying th- this is what happened, folks. 
Why is that? Why is that important? Because things. I mean, one. Actually, I was just actually before we got got here, I was speaking to somebody, um, a writer and journalist called uh, his, his um, pseudonym is uh, Otto English, and he's had two books over the last few years. One called Fake, Fake History, and Fake Heroes, and we talk about how history gets. You know, I know people say the right, the winners write history. But yeah, the winners of the winners of the wars are the ones yes. that write the books. Yeah, yes. but it's important. That's the point of studying history. That's why I keep mm-hmm. referring back to uh, the kid at the back of the university class. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> is accuracy, and not only in you know, um, I was, I mean, I was mentioning, yeah, because I, I, I was speaking to him because one of the fake heroes in his book, fake heroes question mark, is um, Che Guevara, and Che Guevara's grandfather or father. Uh, was Irish, and I was interviewing somebody at St John's Ark, and, and I think the name is Lynch. And the woman I was interested interviewing at St John's Ark about a uh, project's going on next month uh, to do with the Flowers Sisters and the Titanic and all that. Um, her, her name was Lynch, and she mentioned Che Guevara, mm-hmm. and then of course the whole thing about this hymn, uh, "Nearer My God to Thee." Uh, the flowers, one of the Flower Sisters wrote it, and it was apparently sung as the Titanic sank. And they are buried in in Foster Street. There's a little, you know, where the Horn and Horseshoes pub is on Foster yes, Street. Yeah. They're buried there. Isn't uh, there a blue pa- plaque up in Old Harlow for them? I think so. There is, yes. Yeah. There is a blue plaque up in yeah. in, in the old in Old Harlow High Street. Yeah, but mm. it gets one of the things about fake heroes, fake history. Is mm-hmm. also, did they really? Who who said that hymn yes, was sung? Yeah. And that's about history. People do do that thing, don't they? They say. Um, oh yeah, yeah, they did. Who, who said that? Mm-hmm. And it's and that's the same thing as local news. What was actually said that day? Because people just, you know... Um, Summarise and, yeah, oh, and adjust. That, yes, and, and people say, oh, yeah, this, that, you know. And there's this term, I heard somebody use... Well, we used to call it Chinese whispers at school, didn't yes. we? And I guess that's what's, yes. what's happening with these stories. And that's, again, that, mm. let's pull us back to what I do, is what, you know, when something... You know, if something happens, crime, you know, the helicopter's out, or the people, the police, mm. and there's, you know, somebody's brother, sister's best friend's <laughs> Sagittarian <laughs> uncle who used to live in Johannesburg said, "Oh yeah, no, you know, yes, yeah. actually, you know." And what my job is then to to filter, filter it down yes, and say to the police, I, "You know, um, um, can you give me details of why you were in?" X Street in Harlow at 19:30 hours on Thursday, such and such a date, and they say, "Boom, boom, boom, boom," you know. Mm. Um, and that's what they do, as opposed to oh yeah, but I thought, and people do that. But you know what I mean? It goes on. I've got loads of examples of that. But that's a that's a sort of crime. But lots of history is like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and people can be like that, can't they? They almost um, they can. They, you know, it's up to people can edit. It's a bit like um, people edit their own lives. They Photoshop their own lives. And, yes, and yeah. but you, you know, it's important not to do. That's fine if people want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess in that thing, you know, you Photoshop your life. You know, and um, um, but but actual accuracy when it comes to politics and news, you know, you, it's it's important not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you'll get people think political bias. You know, I always I always know I have a good local election campaign where I'm calling a, um, a Tory foghorn and a Labour stooge. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. One minute I'm um, backing Robert Halford, the next minute I'm loony left. Yes, yeah, and it, yeah, and I, and I think I think all the the media's do get labelled as a as a one with when it comes to politics it's almost yeah. like a lot of the people for that would vote labor think mm. that the bbc for example is too conservative yes. but everyone that votes conservative thinks that the bbc is too too labor yeah. focused and so so where how, how do you become like an independent source of information 
Um, I think on your Twitter bio it says one journalist in partnership with 100,000 people. And, you know, I think it started at 90 and now we're at 100, you know, the population expanding. And it's simply a lot of the time is people will tell me, you know, people, but it doesn't take overnight, you know, do you mm -hmm. start, I started, because I have your Thurrock as well, which I started on September the 1st, 2008. So it takes a long time to build an audience, you know, and, and also that thing that everybody just to be go to doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Um, and people slowly, you know, it takes a while for people just, but they p pass on information, you know, mm -hmm. and they say, so for example, I think a, a relevant one is, um, a few weeks ago, somebody did a freedom of information request and um, uh, to ask the hospital, ha Princess Alexander Hospital, have you been on any overseas trips in 2023? And could and sent the you know the questions, boom, 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 and then they passed over the FOI to me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't do the FOI. I was blissfully ignorant of any overseas trips you know it's like the mr magoo of journalism yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a niche one by the way old do you get you make these references and thinking how many people are going to get that one now but um, <laughs> um but there we are um you know and in the end it was discovered that they um they went some of the staff went to an it conference in las vegas yes yeah that, and didn't that make that ended up making national absolutely because yes. it cost fifty-eight thousand pounds mm -hmm. turn right did you you know, and um, <laughs> you know, and it's just the optics are terrible. Yes. However, you do that story, however you justify it, it's the optics. And I remember um, the leader of Thurrock Council about ten years ago, Labour leader, and there's there's a planning conference in in Monaco and Monte Carlo or something like that. You know, where all the all the movers and shakers are down. Yeah, of course, very are. expensive to go to Monte Carlo, isn't it? It's yeah, like a cheap holiday. And he thought, as a <laughs> Labour leader of Thurrock Council, do you think I'm going to go down to when people in Perfleet and Tilbury have gone food banks? This is even you know ten years ago. So yeah. I think I'm going to go down to Monte Carlo, but the movers. Well, I've got their phone numbers. I've got you, know, you can do blah blah blah. And oh, he was always adamant about that. The minute the Tories took over in Thurrock in 2016, straight down to Monte Carlo, mm -hmm. and that will be the Thurrock Council that now has has gone bankrupt with a 1.5 billion pound debt. You know, I'm not saying the two inextricably linked, but it's that optic. It was the optics all the time. Yes, yeah. But that story. But the point is, the point the question you asked is that was somebody else giving me. So whether it's a helicopter mm -hmm. or the FOI or somebody just, and also the good news. You yes, know, the good yeah, news you cover stuff. the good news in the town as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I always, you know, I, I, about year, back in February last year, I did a guest lecture to the journalism students at University of East Anglia. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, um, here's my January. January the 1st, 8 a.m., walking around a pond. That was a murder scene in <laughs> Harlow. I said, January the 31st, 8 a.m., walking around another pond. That was a murder so, scene in, in part of the murder scene. I said, mm -hmm. but in between there are 320, 30, 40 stories that paint a picture of all that's going on in the town, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and it always sort of slightly irks me when somebody said, if you do put a good news story, oh, it's nice to hear from good news for a change. I felt like saying there are about 3,600 good news stories, you know, yeah. but if you just want to see the bad news, that's the, all you're going to see. The, the, the bad news seems to get highlighted a bit more, doesn't it? Because it's a bit, yeah. a bit it's something in that shock thing, you know, like, was it, was it two years ago, over about eighteen months ago? There was the murder in the town, wasn't there? At the in the pond that, that what you were referring to? Yeah, it's well, a year ago. That was a year ago, yeah, was it? And the trial hasn't happened yet. Right, trials next month, mm -hmm. etc. So always had to be careful about being. Active. And again, that was very that was very big local. That was very big national news as well. Well, yes, wasn't it? yeah. Talk about advantage, though, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. I, actually, I want to see a cliched, you know, cliched journalist like mm -hmm. something out of the movies. Um, it was New Year's Eve. I was at home. My Second eldest granddaughter's 10th birthday, so her and her mum and, and the others were around at the house. It's three o'clock, they're around the house, and my phone message, you know, WhatsApp. 
do you know why the police have taped off Oakwood Pond? So like some cliched hack, hackney old journal, oh, just popping out for a second. But that's the job. That's the yes, job. And yeah. also the point is we call it the best zoom lens of your legs. So either stay there in the house and wait, yeah. or you go down and go to the scene. And actually, that was New Year's Eve. I had two days with that story where nobody was interested Mm-hmm. Nobody, and it's after two days, you know, somebody from BBC, who I get, you know, BBC Essex, so I get on very well, good relationship with them, and they said, um, "Hi, can we ask you, you know, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then suddenly, you know, BBC Look, BBC Look East, you know, mm-hmm. came down and you know, did a piece with them, and then Sky, and then and then Nationals, etc., and because it had that element to it, um, and then we got press conference. I think press conferences outside Harlow Police Station. But I was saying, um, two days. Thank you very much, lads. I, always, I made that joke to the people who do the park run. I said, any chance of me, because it's Saturday 9am every yes, day, yeah. I said, any chance of me turning up on the Thursday <laughs> and getting two days head start? Because you know? they do that in my job these days. But, yeah. um, but, but, and actually that two days factor is maybe that thing is what else do nationals miss? Mm-hmm. Not only in Harlow, you know, if there's not me, they can go, oh, your Harlow's covering it. Then what else is going on around the country that is yes. completely missed? So what is the, the value of local news then? Because, because it seems to me, as, as we're talking about you being one of the, the last one standings, the value of that has, has disappeared a bit. Hasn't it? Yeah, you're right. These are great questions, by the way. I really, oh, really enjoyed right. this. I appreciate um, that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, no, it's, um, that's a good question. It's, it's, it's a celebration of a town. You know, yes, and it's almost that, you know when you put the, uh, I'm trying to think, St. James's Primary School Year 5's win a curling competition, you know, in Harlow, etc. And that picture, you put the story in the picture of the kid, and the parents share it. So, yes, it used to be the paper, wasn't it? The page 16 of the Harlow Star, etc. Oh, look, there we are, etc. But parents and share it, and the, and the joy that they have. There yeah. we are, there we are, is, is great. You that's, know? And, that's just taken me back to, to something in, in my, my younger years. Mm-hmm. When I was starting out in, in uh, a youth theatre group, I had a piece done on me in the local paper, on the sh- not on me, on the show that I was doing we did this show Dracula um, and there was just a paragraph on on me of the effort that I put in and the what that gave to me in my life transformed my life that someone at 16 years old I I was recognized for a moment for my hard work Mm. and and that propelled me forward in my in my life yeah, and I wouldn't be doing the. I probably wouldn't be doing the things mm. that I'm doing today if I hadn't have had that that little boost. Yes, that little bit of recognition. Yeah, and that's the same when you t- take the pictures of the primary school. Them kids, they'll open. They'll look at that. They'll go these days. They won't open a paper. They go <laughs> online and they'll see their friends and family will see that, and their their parents will say, "Oh, well done," and their grandparents will see it, and yeah, and it and it gives that child that that lift yes and it is important you know everybody is valuable you're saying to all that the 93,300 people of harlow which is the the census figure Mm. is you're all important and we can celebrate you all as much we can i know that might be difficult but give me the opportunity to celebrate so i'd say that local news is highlighting the value of local individual people isn't it yes yes and it's this is you know you are important you are valued and and we have lived you know, and living in uncertain times you know where it's a cost of living um the post-covid thing um and so it's in, you know and again um and you talk about the value of local news talk about i've just mentioned covid um from march the first 
2020 through to some 20, late 21, early 22. You know, we did over 2,000 stories on COVID. Um, won an award. Uh, but, um, what but award it, was that? It was Octopus, Octopus Energy had a Community Champions Award. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at people over that. And that specific one about in 2022 was about COVID and, and whether it's businesses. And, um, mm-hmm. and that was... Um, that was what we were recognised for, and and actually talk about that. I mean, remember the um, I think the second or third story about that again about the importance of local news was the um, I think a, a member of staff at William Martin School had been to skiing in northern Italy, and that's one of the one of the second or third places referenced about COVID and this journey it was making from allegedly China, and toward the teacher, the member of staff went to William Martin and said I've just been skiing in northern Italy, and they had to steam clean they just had to steam clean then. But again, BBC Look East came and wanted to do a film, and they. Um, and we're interviewing me about it again. I'm not entirely sure why I'm being interviewed, uh, but um, you've you've been interviewed recently on, on morning television. Yes, talk TV. Yes, talk TV. You I'm get, you get around the, a bit. Don't I'm you? trying to do the polite version of that. I think um, um, some people go, "Who who appointed you mayor?" <laughs> you know, um, or indeed when. Um, I guess you are the voice of the town, though. That, but by by sharing the stories of the town, you've become yeah. You you can echo the feelings and the the yeah. voice you're hearing all the voices and you can be a source of well, well yes and that's what the importance of nationals having a relationship with the local guy mm-hmm. it'll be that and we've got a general election coming up this year and that's what that will happen but it's very much the saying about the pothole the saying well i you know i've got a, a daughter who's got four grandchildren who's doing the school run she you know and she's like weaving around the town so i'm not blaming anybody necessarily about the roads i said my neighbor's a driving instructor I said, so what do you do? I said, when she can, you know, she knows the potholes of Harlow intimately. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I said to her, um, so what do you do? You see that pothole. You've got somebody in, in driving. You think, do you try and tell them to swerve into the other lane? And then, swerve? I can't. They're, they're, they're concentrating on driving on a straight line. That's mm-hmm. a burst thing. I can't say, oh, by the way, just swerve into the other lane. You know, so, and if she does go that, that could be 100, 180 pound. Yeah. You know, so, the, so you have to, what you're reflecting is the human you know experience and that's what a lot of our stories are about you know people in Harlow that wake up in the morning and go I wonder if they've stopped the boats yet you know well there's a few people who do but you know <laughs> um but you know they're thinking about the cost of living and this is a cost of living thing you know you earn 150 pound a day your wheel goes it's 180 pound yeah. so I'm 30 pound down today and I've got to feed my children so that's really the when you're doing I'm doing these things I'm trying to relate mm-hmm. the Harlow experience yes um in that way and, I, not, and the, so going back to the covid thing was that you know when they wanted to talk to me and i said come before we start can i you know can i describe my university there's i went down the, for four years down the history department on the right was the department of medicine i said i never went down there then and i'm not going to go down there now i'm not going to start talking to you you know and that line that later on that when covid etc somebody said yeah you know the bloke who sat next to you at school couldn't do his five times table now thinks he's the professor of epidemiology you know <laughs> and it was that saying so it's all about what you're talking about is frame it within you know know your limits mm-hmm. you know so i wasn't going to start talking about you know epidemiology because i have no idea likewise yeah. with potholes i don't really know you know like people start talking about lamination and etc cetera, etc cetera. you know you, you i'm only sort of reflecting people's experiences mm-hmm. not going to go you know i am not the mayor of harlow or or you know i wouldn't know how to you know again i wouldn't know how to be a counselor or whatever or wouldn't know how to do these jobs you're just asking questions and um uh and then relaying it to my readers mm-hmm. you know take it from there I noticed in COVID your your readership grew, didn't it? Yes, yes, and that was a sort of um, 
I mean, this month in 2021, we had something like 750,000 pages. And that was when we were doing three stories a day mm-hmm. on COVID as stats. And I want to show people as the stats. And there's one particular day, and I can't remember it now, but it is in the archive. I think there were something like 250 people in Princess Alexandra Hospital. And I remember that day thinking, is this, is this the feet touching the bottom of the, of the pool? Or is that, or have we got far worse to go? Oh, are we going to start bouncing back? And we were indeed bouncing back. But I thought that was quite a scary stat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also reflective that, you know, you're just presenting these stats and that's where we go. Uh, and of course, at the end of that year, 20, 20, 2020, I did say to people, I do hope I, in 2021, I hope I get less readers because that would mean people are out and about and we've, we've mm-hmm. recovered. And indeed we did. In fact, um, which, you know, which I was sort of strangely pleased with, you know, because you want people out and about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still producing the same amount of stories, you know. And uh, although last year we beat that, that I think 5.7 million in that extraordinary year. So we went up from 2.8 million pages in 2019 to 5.7 in 2020, dropped down to four and a half for two years. And then last year we got 5.8 million pages. But I'm not chasing, but you can just, you know, it's not a, a urinating competition. You know, you can just chase and chase and chase, you know, mm-hmm. as long as I'm producing 4,000 stories reflecting the town. That's me. I also feel like we're living in a time that came around fi- with COVID where a lot of people don't trust the media journalism do you get do you do you feel that at all is that different in local news than it is in national news like i, I mentioned the bbc earlier I talked to a lot of people that can't stand the bbc anymore they can't stand sky news they or oh, they can't stand stand talk to they've all got like a different source of media that they feel has an agenda to push on to everyone I wonder in a post-COVID world, and I haven't done any scientific study here, you know, so, um, is somebody once said, are the, post- are the angry people angrier? So that might be 2%. Then you've got the 90-odd percent who are just getting on with their lies, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got the 2%, who, the fragile people are continuing to be fragile, even more fragile. I wonder if that's our world. Um, but I, I think we lurch into the world of conspiracy theorists, aren't we? And they all have always existed, haven't they? You know, from Area 51... Um, UFOs to to people looking for religions and uh, uh, 9/11 etc. And it's just it became we this was another one, wasn't it? And so and the knock on is not trusting. I'm not sure what it means not trusting the media. You know, it's just a sort of mm-hmm. it may be just to do with that person. May, as you said, you know, people talk about um, woke BBC one minute and conservative Laura Coonsberg and Nick Robin. Oh, yeah, Nick Robinson was a president of the Student Conservative Union mm-hmm. at Oxford. You know, you know, you take your choice, don't you? you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Now, it is a, it is a. I guess it's a difficult time to. There are a lot. There, there seems to be a, a very strong left and a very strong right. Mm. Would you agree? Yes, I, I think um, whether it sorts itself out, um, I think one of the things is we're in the we are in the dying days of a conservative government of thirteen years. Mm-hmm. So it has that and has that feel of you know. And um, I've been here before. I was just looking back at seventy nine, nineteen seventy nine. I don't know, gone on to this subject, but January 79, the Prime Minister Jim Callaghan went to holiday in Caribbean. We've got bin strikes, we've got loads of strikes, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Came back, you know, and, you know, it was, came back, he came back to Heathrow, interviewed in a really chippy, tetchy interview, and it just, the opt- again, the optics were really bad, or, you mm-hmm. know, and he came back, and the next day the Sun used the headline, 
Christ is what Christ is. And that hung over him. And he never even said it. Be, oh, Jim Callan said, again, that's 1979. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He never said Christ is what Christ is, but it became a really good line. Um, so I guess that's where the people are aware of that later yeah. on in history, that the media take an angle yes. and drive an agenda. Yes. So so that's where the distrust comes, that we're, I feel like as a population, mm. I feel like we're kind of more aware of that, that that's happening. But we've got so much information, haven't we? Yes. You know, it's so much information, but are people actually, you know, paying attention? Mm-hmm. You know, you can have all the information you like, can't you? But people, you know, with, with their phones, etc. But are you, you know, you may have all the books in the world, you know, um, and and so that's a thing. And, and, and people interpret certain things, don't they? It's, yes. it's um it's up to them how they interpret it, you know. But mm-hmm. again, we I think we've got to make sure we're not we're concentrating on a tiny, tiny group of people who who take up a lot of energy and a lot of air, you know, um, bandwidth. I think. Yes, yeah. So moving away from politics because that's a <laughs> that's a rabbit hole, isn't yes. it? Politics, the arts. Ah, yes, yes. You're a, you're a great champion of the arts, local arts. You you come and see most uh, local local productions, don't yes. you? You both. Yeah. Both we've got two theatres in this town. You go you go to both of them and you champion them both, and you highlight other arts things that yeah. are going on, music events. Yeah, I, actually, I do. I know it's not in Harlow, but they're lovely people, the Heath Players. Yes, and yeah. I do say to people mm-hmm. when you you know you do thousands and thousands of stories a year, and I get my invite to the Heath Players, and I said I get in my car mm-hmm. and I totally you know I live right on I live in the last street in Harlow. Which some people said you love your you love <laughs> Harlow so much you live in the last street. So, um, anyway, I toodle on uh, through Shearing into Hatfield Heath into mm-hmm. car park. I, um, Margaret Margaret Lyons is usually on the on the uh, reception. Has my program? Has my ticket? Um, reserves a seat for me and they have a drink for me in the interval. And I said, sometimes I think I wish every day was a Heath Players Day. You know, <laughs> really? oh, but, you know what I mean. I quite like you that. love being part of the community. Yes, and I, mm. you know, I'm not. A, I think the thing I enjoy reviewing. Um, I'm not an expert, uh, you know, etc. It's not, but it's just something I like, you know, and mm. um, uh, and I um, and actually, I was up. Uh, I do a busman's holiday. You probably know that I do a busman's holiday. Um, when I go to the Edinburgh Festival and I work for the Edinburgh Reporter. Right. And I was there last time. I, I did about 15 shows in four days. So I'm more like a Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> you can imagine, you know, I do the show at the top of the Royal Mile and then I've got nine minutes to get to, to get the next to the- one. Um, but when I was getting my accreditation um, this year and the people on the, uh, the, the admin uh, area at the um, festival said, um, said oh, what do you try and, what do you like to go and see? And I said, well, I don't do famous. I've done famous. Mm-hmm. What? And I said, I hope this doesn't sound too patronising, but I'm really look, trying to support the artists I say. I want to go see people I might just be batting for and um, in that way. And what I meant, and, and indeed, I think the third show that first day, you know, you go in and there's one paying customer I, you know, who's from Castle Barnard, because I got chatting, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting behind them and three members of staff from the from the venue have come in with their lanyards, you're thinking, just, just all spread out, you know, <laughs> and you really, I can't help but feel for that person. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I'm not, you know, and I'm hope I'm actually hoping it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, and I will try and look at it sympathetically and write it. And then I hope, and sometimes I'll try and say to somebody, if I catch them, I don't know, I'm the Edinburgh reporter um, and the review will be up tomorrow if you look out for it. And, um, and and they do and if they catch it they do and and then they'll put it on their Twitter and and I don't th- I think they had better I'm not saying I was a cause of their better audiences but you're just sort of you mm-hmm. know um, pitching for them and um, yeah you'll see some stuff and you'll think 
<laughs> yes, and and and, and mm. I get, and that's the thing with theatre, mm. with all art, isn't it? It's, yes, it, it's it's subjective, and yeah. some some stuff is good, some stuff is bad. Yeah, uh, I guess you have to experience the bad to understand what the good is, <laughs> and look forward to the good. Well, yeah, yeah, and you you just um, uh, yeah, it just I just like to see. I, I love the fest, you know, we love the festival because there's so much going on in that way, um, and I I think I just feel for. You know, feel for the writer. I remember a few years ago, you've got a, a writer from Northern Ireland. They're holding down three jobs in London. They've got a GoFundMe page to fund the damn thing. And it just must be really hard. Um, and you see lots of... I mean, I, um, I remember asking Rory at the Playhouse how much it costs. It's just, you know, to put, say, a three people, four people, three-week run. It's just mm-hmm. eye-watering money. And, how, and also then I start to think, well, how could somebody from Harlow afford that you know yes, it becomes yeah. a, a I know a lot of people might say well when you know how long have you been reviewing the festival Mike we realize it might be a middle class celebration but it doesn't make it right mm-hmm. um the cost of flats etc and I have friends I stay with um so that's fine you know I, get, I guess to d- do your art to that level is, is going to take some financial risk yeah and I guess that's what you have to to weigh mm. up and you have to if if you really believe in your your project that you mm. wrote or you're producing, then is that a good place to take that risk? I don't know. I don't know. It's um, it's not. I mean, some people do. Successful artists mm. do say like there was six the musical recently, wasn't there? Yeah, that was for, that was on it. That started at Edinburgh. Ah, that was it? its starting platform, and right. from there it's got it's got massive. It's mm. gone all around the world. Ah, but if it hadn't have been for the Edinburgh yeah. Festival. It would have never, yeah. it would have never taken off. Then again, I remember about thirty years ago, I remember being in the Pleasance Courtyard and a friend. Uh, I, I remember one friend who was going off to somewhere. I said, "What have you just seen?" He said, "Oh, I've been to some. Is it Rachel? Somebody, Rachel Berger, or something like that." He said, oh, "It was dreadful, you know." And, was it? Oh yeah, all right, etc. Mm. Then I was, I went somewhere, came back, and a friend was sitting there, and this woman uh, friend, "Oh, can I introduce you to Rachel?" Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, Rachel. Yeah, um, are you here to uh, f- tourist? No, I'm performing. Oh, so what's your name, Rachel Berger? I said, "Oh, how's it going?" She went, "It's really tough. It's really tough. I'm on show three, uh, and it felt like somebody's doing a 26 mile marathon, mm-hmm. and are on mile three, and they're really suffering, you know." And, and I just remembered that. I thought, well, I said, "Oh, a friend of mine." Um, I just saw your show. Oh, what did they say? You know, and I, <laughs> oh no, they, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do that. Oh, bah, 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 yeah, you know. And but then I, I never thought about. I thought about that, but then I forgot about it until about a few years ago. And I, about ten years ago, I remember thinking, for some reason, the name came up, and I googled the name. And there's a website. There's mm-hmm. she's an Australian. There's shows in Brisbane and Sydney. And there's hey, you know. So I thought, well, you're stuck in there, yeah. dogged. Maybe she's just been dogged. Yeah, you know, maybe right. a lot of artists. Some come, some go, but some mm-hmm. maybe just. I'm here for the long haul, you yeah. know, and uh, I just, I, so I they, they stick, that. They stick at it. Maybe yeah. maybe they have the terrible shows. Yeah. They learn the lessons, make the mistakes, and yeah. but they keep pushing on and they get better. Yeah, and actually there was an artist, one of my favourite shows I saw, I think five short sketches about crime, and I loved it because the, it's basically the humour's really corny, and mm-hmm. I have terrible humour, you know, but I... um. Again, I gave them a five-star review, and they were they put it up, you know, hey, we've got this review in Edinburgh Reporter. But I could see other people commenting, saying... And this is an important thing about reviewers is somebody said, um, I think they get frustrated about some reviewers who don't turn up mm-hmm. or somebody puts it on seven days later. You know, I will. And that thing about I will go and then find a corner of somewhere, you know, I know all the cafe, you know, or we have a hub. Actually, we have a hub at the Edinburgh Festival at the Edinburgh mm-hmm. University. Um, or as my wife says, 
in university in Scotland in 1983, writing, <laughs> writing nonsense, looking out the window. 2023, nothing changes. But, <laughs> but you know, I'll bang out my copy and make sure it's up as soon as possible. And I think... Um, I think that'd be very frustrating, you know, because they're just desperate for reviews. Yes. Now, and so tell me about that, because some would say, some would say that that might be just feeding the ego of the actors. That's why they're desperate for it. Is that what you're serving? No, I think they want. Uh, I think that's quite harsh, isn't mm. it? You know that. And I and, and having yeah. been an actor, I've yeah. heard that. Heart, I've heard yeah. that kind of feedback. No, I'm just saying they put this show on. People paid for it, and this is what we thought of it. And, and but what does that do for them? I th- I think they just I just so I think when somebody's pleased you know they're clearly working really they've worked really hard to get there mm-hmm. and now they're working really hard to get the show on between 11 between 12 noon and one o'clock and they're boom 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 and it just gives them that little boost yeah sometimes we just need a pat on the back don't we yeah we, you know yeah. going back to you we mentioned briefly you do your park run you mm. in, you're very much into running when you when you're doing that kind of thing it's kind, I feel like it's similar in a way when you're running sometimes and you're struggling if someone just comes up beside you and goes Come, Michael, you can keep going. It gives you that little push, doesn't it? Listen, this is the reality, Martin. <laughs> this is the reality. When I ran in the 70s yes. and I was 800 meter run, I was going, I breathed really heavily. I was going to the back straight for the second time, passing people, said it was like a steam train passing <laughs> you. A few years ago, I was doing the park run on a warm day and I was going down near the adventure playground and I passed somebody and he just got a bit of a shock. He went, Oh, he said, I thought it was an old Labrador. <laughs> and you know, you want to do that sort of Oliver Hardy, Ricky Gervais look to the camera going, and- <laughs> yeah. what am I still doing here you know and uh um but it is yeah and it's just again that's that thing isn't it that I you know I say to people it's that doggy thing right? I said I I when people would sometimes do that have you just taken up running and I said well I first competed in July 1971 <laughs> and I've been doing it every I said two good years and 51 mm-hmm. not so good, <laughs> not so good. <laughs> but I'm still here mm-hmm. you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and um and actually I was doing a, I was interviewed by um Cardiff University have a centre of journalism and they were talking about, I think it was about mental health, et cetera, et cetera. And I, they said, are you on the whole time? And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, and actually in a good way is I'll be doing the park run. <laughs> and I was doing it a few weeks ago and somebody said, the, um, the kiosk, you know, you're in it. They said, you know, the pitch and putt kiosk. I said, yeah, is it a listed building? And I said, and I was like, I, I'll find out, but I'm running out of breath. You know, it's like they just come, people just do that. Yes, but yes. actually a good one was somebody modestly, the very modest guy, and he just said, I'm really embarrassed to say this, but it's New Year's Day, about one in the morning. Myself, uh, I was walking down near Second Avenue, saw this guy lying on the ground, and I, he was shallow breathing or breathing, and I did CPR, and I called the ambulance, and the ambulance came, and I said, oh, well, I know, and I followed it up, etc. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was a really good, Ada's story was, he was also CPR trained, he has a defibrillator, his work, and I got a statement from the ambulance service, and importance of CPR training, etc., etc. Although he, <laughs> I saw him the other day, he, he edited his own wife out of the story, <laughs> and she's now blaming me. He went, are you not cases like you? <laughs> so I'm getting the blame. But it was just... Um, I'm not sure where I drifted on. You mentioned parkrun, but I think it even <laughs> it's that thing about they asked about are you on the whole time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think I say to people about being local journalists. You know, you. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I did a piece on the one show uh, five years ago where I said unless you are at a reviewing at the theatre, attending the council meetings, or indeed being at the crime scenes, um, you can call yourself what you like, but you're not a local journalist. You're a karaoke version. 
and that is the problem as well that people not attending stuff mm-hmm. you don't get a feel for things yes um, and uh, and uh, that's become so the 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 Harlow Star still exists, doesn't it? The Harlow Star was the big paper yes. of the town for a long time. Yeah. Um, I even I even went for a, 20, 15, 20 years ago. I almost got a job there. Not as surprised. A, as Your a, questions as are as great. A, no, not not in not in, not in journalism. Ah. In, in sales. Ah. Um, I was in I was in sales twenty years ago. It was like another another side to my career. Um, but yeah, when I was when in in that time, fifteen twenty years ago, it was the main main local news mm. source of the town and uh sorry you've, you've thrown me telling me i was good oh, throw me a that. compliment as, yeah. as thrown me where i was going with the with the question um where was i sales harlow star so harlow 15 20 years ago 15 tw- even i lose my place sometimes. that's all right welcome to the club <laughs> well, you know. it's where we're getting older as well isn't it um but they lost their way they lost their way yeah. didn't they and then they when they report on local news now, thank you, Michael, that's to it. get me back. They that's lost okay. their they lost their way. When they report on local news now, you can tell that the information right. that's coming mm. from them yeah. doesn't understand the town at all. Yeah, and actually, the key year, the year in which I was, I'd already been running your Thorax since two thousand eight, and I started your Harlow in twenty um, thirteen on the back of a grant from the Carnegie Trust in 2012, saying basically asking Carnegie Trust, celebrating 100 years, Andrew Carnegie, philanthropy, saying, do you know an area that doesn't get enough news? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I think I know one. You know, and um, and it really, your heart was just a second string. Now, I was thinking more of a history project, but also film, because I, I film a lot of news, and it's on our YouTube channel. But, and so it varies, so your heart was this, junior paper getting mm-hmm. don't think those first couple of years 200,000 pages in the first year 250 350 so very much but 2016 was a year in which I felt to the Harlow Star you are really losing your way here and the reason was that was the tragedy the Bouncy Castle tragedy yes you know yeah, and yeah, that was that, one, that yeah. was the very much again I mentioned the best zoom lens your legs I've been <laughs> down the town park that morning doing the park run very badly went back in the afternoon mm-hmm. working in the office and then somebody from Pets Corner text or near pets gone text me saying i think something really bad is happening here and it, and again that best zoom lends your legs so you know and i was actually i got back down parts in the greyhound car park mm-hmm. and you're just you know i was actually grumbling oh, i was going i'm back here i'm walking up the road yeah, etc yeah. you know and then when you got there you know and i just put my camera on mm-hmm. and i thought something you know i could see i was even i was there before the police got there but you know you've got that you know, the ambulance are there, there's people, and then you've got the air ambulance over my head and you're just filming. Um, and then the police are running towards the scene and you're just It thinking, was a tragedy so big, it was almost like a moment like, can the town recover from this? Yeah, and from a news point of view, it's one of these that you, you know, and it's you talk about trying to be, I'm just checking my watch because I've got my, my hair in 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but um, um, it was one of these in which you're, again, you're holding your camera, you've got the phone onto the ambulance. Of course, it's Easter ambulance service the police etc you've got what you have you're trying to be careful here mm-hmm. um uh what you're doing because i've got a feeling i knew what i was filming you know um mm-hmm. get back f- um put the story up and uh, police then rung me and it's the chief when it's the chief inspector for the control room and not comms you know that it's going to be bad you know you're ready michael for the statement you know that's you know just put it on um and actually my wife is a very good editor emotional editor mm-hmm. and when I was putting the film she said I think you might want to cut about two or three seconds there and did that put it on and that's one of these things also I put the story on you know and 
Um, I was then going to go out for a takeaway Indian and a glass, get a bottle of red wine. I said to my wife, we'll just wait here for a couple of hours. And sure, about an hour later, Sky News mm-hmm. on the phone. And then it just we had everybody, everybody. And, and we, it's one of these things we're also trying to keep our... Because my office is always in my house. Yes, yeah. We try and keep it separate. But it was almost like a Truman Show out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. My wife, you know, that nine o'clock news, tragedy, you know, you're turning on BBC, Sky... Yeah. Local news the and, pa- and the how papers do you are emotionally cope in a tragedy like that? Um, I'm quite. Um, I think you know. I don't break the fourth wall. You know what I mean. You're mm-hmm. there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, so you're able to separate yourself because yeah, because you have, like you said, you were there before the police. Yeah, you're seeing the helicopters coming down. It, it, you're in it, character. You, you must see some distress. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How do you? How do you keep a, a young man from Pet's Corner saying, "Why are you filming this?" And people sometimes do that, don't they? Why are you doing this, etc.? Mm-hmm. And they get upset. Um, and um, but it, it is a sort of—I do think you sort of separate out. You're—I'm not actually here. Mm-hmm. You're here as a journalist. Um, and let's go back to the value of the, mm. the journalism, then. Yeah. So the value that that has. This is what's happening, mm-hmm. and that time you're putting us up there, and the, and the traffic was in, yeah. immense on our site. Um, and but you're saying to the BBC and Telegraph and. Um, it, and what would happen if we didn't share those stories? If we didn't record it? If we didn't, then we got my brother's sister's best friend's cousin from Sydney, who's a Sagittarian, tells you what, and that's where it just goes all over the place. Mm-hmm. And history's hard enough. History's hard enough to, you know, it loses its. People say, "Oh yeah, it was this, was that," and that's where these are the facts, folks. I'm standing here, and people may not accept it. We're getting that in the Middle East, aren't you? You know, you're getting this mm-hmm. and that. Um, you're saying, well, this is what I'm seeing right here is what I'm reporting. And, uh, but going to the local thing. And then in August, we had the, the killing in the Stowe uh, with Eric Josvik. And, um, and what I'm saying, though, the thing about, we mentioned about the Harlow Star, about that they reported about 24 hours later. And I felt, again, that running thing. If you're going to give me a 24 hours head start, then I'm going to really seriously think about upping my game in yes, Harlow. Yeah. The, the Stowe killing as well, 8.30 mm-hmm. in the morning. I get a text saying, do you know what's happening? And again, that was one of these very quickly, you know, it's just two police officers and a forensics and a serious assault. And again, I've been around long enough thinking, this is unlikely to prove, sadly. And it was. And again, that's, and I did this little panning shot on Sunday morning saying, nobody here. Three days later, everybody's here. And again, and actually, um, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now, from BBC, uh, Dominic Sanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the BBC was there that you know and he's uh and he just sidled up he sidled up me he said are you the local guy and I must look like the local <laughs> guy because I'm just standing there everybody's and I'm just standing there he said yeah I'm the local guy he said do you know what's happened I said yes thank you very much and when you all go I'll continue reporting on what's happened mm-hmm. you know and and you know when the circus comes and circus goes to town so you do have that you'll just sit down there but he sort of recognized there's a local guy some and that's the importance in a local guy saying yeah. saying this was and what the local guy was had already knew then mm-hmm. that this was probably a one punch tragedy manslaughter that from john o'groats to land's end happens somebody some two guys one punches etc etc and um that's an it but again the point was Again, I had 24 hours and thinking, that's when after that, a few days, late, weeks later, I committed to doing 70 stories. I said, I'm going to commit to doing 70 stories a week on your Harlow. Mm-hmm. And then when the Harlow star closed, you know, so we continued that. And now we do whatever it is, I don't know, 100 a week. And yeah, so I just continue to do that. And mm-hmm. it is, but it is a celebration. And I, I, I'm aware I've got a few minutes. Yes. When we started, I put a, a, 
our mission statement was very much 1847, 1947, 2047. 1847, we're all fields. Mm-hmm. Um, 1947, the New Towns Act. 2047, what will this town look like? Will it be called Harlow? Will it be Harlow and Gilson Garden Town? Will it be the, uh, the London Stansted Cambridge Corridor? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not Charles Foster Kane, you know, and uh, um, being an awesome Wells fan. And I want to make sure that the communities are maintained. So that's why I'll do things. I want to make sure that you still have some form of organic community, that it is a town with a community. Mm-hmm. And I make no bones about that, you know, and saying, because again, I, sometimes I write less for the 62-year-old and more for the four grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So likewise, if you're going to build Latin Priory or Gildan Park and you'll have no health facilities... Now, you might say, well, we can't guarantee GPs. Well, you've got a school there and you can't guarantee teachers. You know, it's very much mm-hmm. saying, what's going on here? And you just keep, that's my job you to say. To highlight these yeah. issues. So very much like Latin Priory, which mm-hmm. is just at the Hastingwood Roundabout, and you're going to have 5,000 people living there. Mm-hmm. You're saying, well, hold on a second. You closed Osler House in Potter Street a few years ago. You've got Lister House, Hamilton and Bushville. So where are, they, you know, Limes and Epping. Where exactly are these people going? And it's about asking those questions. Yes, um, yeah. or, or when you are on talk TV talking about potholes <laughs> and a few hours later, Essex Highways are in Latin Bush on clearing the pot or fixing the pothole that my neighbor driving like uh, driving instructor complained about i'm not going yeah I'm <laughs> <laughs> you know? so it's not going it was me you know it's just but you always and also finally every story has staff reporter people say why don't you put your own name because i'm not the story yes, the day yes. you think you're the story or you think your opinion matters i think you're finished you're no better than a blogger or somebody commentated although i value people comment you know it's mm-hmm. just here's the news folks there it is and you decide uh, whether you think it's of value. And we and every day, every day is an empty canvas. And you know, so, so you know, after this, after I get my haircut, you go back and uh, do more stories and Wonderful. see where we go. Thank you, Michael. Well, I appreciate you being here. One last final question yes. for you. So, what I'm doing here is fairly similar to what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it, have you got any advice for me as I move forward with this? As I as I explore people's stories, explore people's journeys, what they what they do, and I want to share them. Have you got any sort of words of wisdom to leave me with today? Well, you're a great interviewer. You're really interested and you're really engaged, etc. Um, and that's the way it feels anyway. I appreciate half that. The game, I am, it? I am. I'm, yes. I'm curious. Yes. I, I really do want to... Curiosity, and that's why I say to young mm. journalists. But also I think there's probably an organic nature to what you're doing because it's creative. Good, you know, you're, you're, even I was driving here, I think, I wonder about such and such, you know, who started in the arts and now was in politics and now is more in, in church. And I wonder that, yeah, I think there might be an organic nature to this. That it, and like a lot of podcasts, that yours might just, expand and, mm. and start you know you might say well i'm you know i'm enjoying this and i'll no, do i hugely am this. enjoying it yes yeah. what i've got to do is make sure i start putting these on our site because no, i really know, i'd really yes, appreciate that yeah. don't mind sharing yeah and uh mm. saying just dropping in because i i look at that you know i'm working oh, i want to see that one uh, this one that comes up you know so i think uh, you know again you know partnership working is really important and Wonder, in, yes. in your harbor and mm. um, but i think that i think that's it i think you you know i think there's you what you started with I think, I think you could easily just just go down other channels and see see where you go wonderful yeah. thanks again michael no appreciate problem. your time today thank you thank you and uh, yeah and keep checking out your harlow yes, and see what's going on there <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you thanks that was the bts creative academy podcast uncut i appreciate you joining us for this conversation if you'd like to find out more about the bts creative academy just search BTS Creative Academy. And so that you don't miss out on any future conversations, don't forget 
to like and subscribe.